to another episode of TBI Talks Tech. I'm Eric Hill, sales trainer with TBI, and along with me is Dave Polakowski, operations trainer here at TBI, and today we have two very special guests for you. First off is TBI's Senior Vice President of Operations, Mike Onestock. Mike, how you doing? Doing really well. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for being here. Even a little bit more special, no offense to Mike, someone that we actually reached out to to see if we can get on after reading a few articles that he had written. And this person, you probably know if you are part of the channel, he has been recognized as the 2021 Channel Influencer of the Year from Channel Partners and Channel Futures. You might know him as Principal Analyst, Channels, Partnerships, and Ecosystems at Forest Research, Inc., it is Jay McBain. Jay, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me and that very warm introduction. Well deserved, my friend. All right. So let's talk about these articles that Eric and I actually came across that we were really interested in. And much to our surprise, we were able to get actually the author of those articles. So the first thing I think that really jumped out to a lot of people was, for me at least, uh, about marketplaces and e-commerce, right? So the one thing that you mentioned, which was a really staggering stat, um, regardless of COVID, frankly, was that e-commerce grew in the first three months of COVID-19 faster than the last 10 years combined, right? And then you also mentioned, I guess, marketplaces continuing to be a factor in 2021. So can you, I guess, expound on that and kind of where do you see that going in 2021? Yeah, I mean, the marketplaces are an interesting story. And, you know, if you just gauge it by how many Amazon boxes are sitting for you right now at your front door, it's affecting everyone. We did a lot of research last year, a huge piece of research on the future buyer of technology and, and telco and things. And the, the basic thing that we learned, looking at all of the demographics and, you know, I'll, I'll save you a thousand pages of reading, is that the future business buyer will look a lot like a consumer. So the way you buy a car today will be the way you buy, you know, software tomorrow. That digital journey and, and, and how you want to transact and stuff. So a lot of this convergence now is the B2C and B2B worlds coming together. But I'll say that marketplaces aren't new. It's something we've been talking about for over a decade. But last year, it just went on this hockey stick where almost a third of the economy, you know, jumped into e-commerce mode because of the pandemic. But it's made every company start to think that, can you run a subscription or consumption model without some digital network, you know, that, that, that runs that and some digital connective tissue? If you look at the future of technology, you know, I could list off every future, AI and automation and blockchain and Internet of Things and drones and in self-driving cars and quantum compute. I mean, I could rip through every future technology. None of those things are products within themselves. Mm -hmm. They're a set of embedded or white label technology. So they're not product SKUs that a distributor would normally sell or a, you'd go and skew up, you know, configure price and quote a list of SKUs. It's a level of embedded technology that needs a digital marketplace to be able to put that all together and act as that connective tissue. So it makes a lot of sense why it's on the front burner. And we're just seeing all these trends converge together to say that this isn't a COVID related trend. This is how things are going to work for the next decade. Mm -hmm. And I think some of what you're mentioning are like those full service tools. It's led to the growth of marketplaces. And you say that'll complicate partners' ability to get in front of the buyer early and lock in value, which on the surface sounds kind of scary. To a channel agent, you know, how can channel partners really make e-commerce a friend and, and not so much a foe? Well, it's it's a great question. It's probably one of the main areas that I study, and I'm looking at different areas. You know, you can go look at Amazon and Amazon for Business or Alibaba and you know the, the hyper marketplaces. But it's interesting when you double click in our industry and look at already the 20 winning marketplaces are taking form. 
you know, for example, that Microsoft's going to be a winner. You know, AWS, you know, Google, Google Cloud. You know that the traditional IBM and SAP and Oracle are going to take their slice of the pie. You know that the big SaaS companies like Salesforce, ServiceNow, Workday, Marketo, NetSuite. So you can start to list off kind of where the 20 winners are going to be. And then you look at what they're doing with their marketplace around partners. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pick on one company, which is Salesforce, which I actually think is the leading edge or the tip of the spear here as we look forward in the next decade. They're out recruiting 250,000 new partners right now. To double their size of their company in four years, they've gone out and looked at how much influence they need and the retention work they need. But the same day they announced that big number, they shut down resell, which would say, you know, why would I want to partner with a company that doesn't want to pay me, you know, front or back end margin for selling their product? That's confusing. Well, they work on this multiplier number where they say to the channel, for every dollar of Salesforce, we know to the penny, there's $4.65 of opportunity for you. Here's exactly where it is, you know, from installation, implementation, integration, security. We'll rip through all the, you know, 64% of it that's professional services, and we're going to help you get to that business. That all comes back to the marketplace because they want every penny to flow through there. Last thing I'm going to say about marketplaces is if you look at Wall Street and who they're betting on, you know who the trillion dollar companies are today that's made a lot of people rich. Well, mm-hmm. if I look at Salesforce, they're a $20 billion company and they're valued more than Oracle on the stock market. That's odd. And then, then later in the year, they kick off Exxon to be part of the Dow 30 as a $20 billion software company. It makes no sense. Well, it does. Because if you can bring on all these partners and start to tax the marketplace, today they tax the software. But if you could tax that whole multiplier and they become a 30 billion, a 40 billion, a 50 billion dollar company in the next few years, multiplied by five, they're now taxing 250 billion dollars. Guess what? They become a trillion dollar value yeah. organization. They're in the next conversation of being one of these big five, big six, you know, trillion dollar companies because of the marketplace. And now they're asking every company who's not a trillion dollar company how they're not only going to set up this marketplace but be able to tax, think of federal taxation of a marketplace of partners who are going to be happy to be taxed the 15% because it's one of the lowest costs to acquire a customer. And it's one of the stickiest long-term opportunities to go sell $2 or $3 for every $1. Mm-hmm. So Jay, I like, I like where you're going with this. I want to spin it a little bit in a different direction. And so when I think of Everything that we've covered thus far, I start to think about the consumption model for our channel specifically in the technology services space, not in the, you know, the SKU or the hardware market, but more in the subscription-based services that channel partners are bringing to their customer base today. Could you share a little bit on your thoughts of how that consumption model is going to change in the next couple of years or already is requiring a change? And here's an example just to kind of get you started. We've recently invested heavily into what we call TBI on demand. TBI on demand is a digital environment where a partner can go onto a tool and self-service, order a contract, place an order all on their own without having to interact with a live person. Yeah. So that's almost a marketplace uh, example, but it's partner facing, obviously, uh, versus, you know, customer facing. But the fact is, is how services and, and I look at customers and where they're spending money, for example, at this stage of the pandemic, you know, number one is automation. Number two is cloud acceleration. Number three is this new remote topology. When I think of, you know, agents and and sub-agents out there in front of customers, 
that's what they're hearing. And most of them, and most of the big IT resellers and MSPs and things actually don't have the full set of skills. They don't have the full set of you know practices or capacity to make all that happen. So this idea where I can you know compete for whatever that multiplier is, and this I think is then you know the answer to your question is every company now is quickly coming out with their multiplier number. It's less about hey you can make twenty percent margin selling this set of services and you know another three to five percent back end volume rebates and market development funds and new customer bonuses. The conversation is moving away from that for service providers, and it's moving into this conversation that. For every dollar that Microsoft sells of any of their products, they've now got a report. You can actually Google Microsoft Space TEI, Total Economic Impact, which is a Forrester report that if you're doing Teams, if you're doing Microsoft Security, if you're doing 365, if you're doing Dynamics, if you're doing Azure, it'll show you, again, to the decimal level, what your opportunity as a partner to go and engage in that. And that's something we used to never talk about with Microsoft, which is total cost of ownership. The interesting thing is it's going up. Google Cloud just came out with theirs. It's $5.32, but five years from now, it's $7.80. So if I'm out there and I'm serving my customer and they're looking at cloud or if they're looking at automation, if they're looking at this remote topology and I'm looking at the opportunities that I have, I want to go and get obsessed over that pie chart. Because if 64% of that opportunity is services, I want to know the implementation, the integration. I want to know the security, the compliance, the business continuity. I want to know the connectivity. I want to know all the data and all the downstream opportunities and make sure that I am ready to go and deliver. I've got the sales and marketing that's, you know, speaking the right language. I'm speaking to the right buyer. You know, if I'm looking at cloud, 65% of cloud buyers are not in IT. The head of marketing in some companies spends more than the head of IT on technology. More than just some. I mean, I know here at TBI, we're, we spend a ton on subscription-based services from the marketing department specifically and, and departments like training now even as well. Sorry to cut you off there. But I would love to take this into what your second 2021 prediction was, which was the change to subscription consumption models. Uh, in moving away from kind of that skew hardware, one-time payment based. Yeah. So here's another COVID-related trend that's kind of been on the back burner that quickly became on the front burner. So we've been listening to, and I've dug myself into 10,000 different vendors at, at some level or not, thinking about their business model. So to wrap it back one level, 76% of CEOs in the world, in every industry, 76 think that their current business model will be unrecognizable in five years. And you know the examples, the consumer examples of what Netflix is doing and what Airbnb is doing. And, you know, you walk across every industry, there's this disruption and it's all technology based. So it's forcing every company in every industry, every pharmaceutical company, every bank, every healthcare company to move into tech, you know, as the future of their business. Every forklift manufacturer, you know, with Internet of Things is now becoming an eco digital ecosystem player. So that's one element. But Underneath that, the new business model, by the way, is a subscription or consumption metered type of service. And it's as a service for everything. And so in about six months into the pandemic, we started to see the chips fall. You know, Chuck Robbins stood up at Cisco and said 100% of the company would be as a service, subscription-based, consumption-based, and accelerating because of COVID. Cisco, 100%. And then, you know, a few weeks later, Michael Dell stood up. All seven Dell technologies, including EMC and VMware, everything, all $93 billion would become subscription-based. You know, a few weeks later, 
IBM jettisons its services group. And I was there for 17 years while they built up 450,000 people in the services group. Well, IBM's now a 100% subscription company selling multi-cloud, hybrid cloud, Red Hat, Watson AI. And they're becoming that company. You know, HPE, who's been on this journey for three years now with GreenLake, basically said by 2022, they're going to be there. So if you rattle off the four companies I just said, Cisco and IBM and HP and Dell, I've just kind of given you 80% of the client server era from the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, and, that and- whole piece is coming into subscription quickly, and everyone else is going to follow. All ten thousand technology companies, telco and technology companies, are going to be full subscription. This plays well into telco agents who you know run their businesses this way, master agents who run their businesses this way. But it's a shock to the system to everyone that comes from the technology background. Yeah, eighty and eighty percent of the business books out there are written about those companies. So it's uh, you. <laughs> You, you've hit on all of the things that are getting will have me super excited for the next you know half a decade for the channel. You hit Cisco, you hit Dell, you hit IBM, all those coming into a subscription-based model. You know, earlier, you talked a little bit about AI, automation, IoT, but maybe you can expound upon that just a little bit more because I, I predict those as some of the technologies that our channel specifically and the converging hardware and other ecosystems will be able to monetize over the next couple of years based on the way things have changed. Yeah, let's use an example because I think it's the easiest way. I mentioned I worked for IBM for 17 years. Here's a company who's led the patent race for 28 straight years. And not only do they win patents every year, they win it by like 3x. Like this year, I think they won it over Samsung by three times the amount of patents. So if you look at all of the IP around every emerging technology, right down to quantum computing, IBM kind of holds this whole future. And you'd think that, oh my God, you know, they, they've kind of invented the future. They're going to be well positioned. Well, here's a company that's going the wrong direction. They haven't made their numbers in a decade. You know, they just had another last year, their you know, CEO got fired. Well, the new CEO, it didn't take long to figure out that this company is built with a sales force that sells products, SKUs. The future that they're inventing isn't SKU based. They've got a sales force and a marketing force that sells you know, products. Well, guess what? The future isn't product-based. Here's a company that isn't set up and they just announced last week, they're going to be spending a billion dollars with a B on their channel. So on building their ecosystem appropriately for this opportunity, it's all partner-based and partners and customers start to look the same. When you embed technology as a customer in the morning, in the afternoon, you start to look like a partner as you create that. There's 175,000 software companies today, up from 10,000 10 years ago, but it's going to a million 10 years from now. Those 825,000 companies have yet to be invented. No, they haven't got their URL yet. They haven't got a LinkedIn page yet, but this technology, this embedded technology is creating these software companies It's creating new internet of things. We're watching 800,000 emerging tech companies right now. And it doesn't matter. There's no delineation between customers and partners. There's no delineation between the 16 different kinds of telco and technology type of partners you're going to have. 81% of accountants are doing tech. 78% of digital agencies are doing tech. The world is coming into our place. There's enough opportunity for everyone. It's just a matter of, again, getting obsessed over the multiplier, figuring out where you can deliver and just get used to working with other people. On average, five different partners are working every deal today. For us in the in the master agency space, when you say those types of companies, digital agencies, accountants, accountants, you know, to me, those are new types of partners that are going to be consuming technology through a channel program suggesting it to their end users and monetizing those types of 
solutions. You know, I have two, two other questions for you because 30 minutes goes really, really fast and we value your time. One is based on the work from home, and this is really your first prediction in the 2021 article, based from the channel benefits from working from home, you listed a few different technologies in there. Are there, are there three or four technologies you think channel partners everywhere should be focused on in 2021? their partners. Yeah. So we're starting to hear now and every month during the pandemic, uh, you know, we kind of framed our thinking or evolved our thinking in terms of, you know, is this short term? Is this medium term? Is this going to have like three to five year impact? Well, we're starting to look at industries like real estate. And these are industries that work on, you know, 10 year kind of arcs. And when you lease buildings and things like that, not only the big companies that are announcing shutting down headquarter locations and rethinking the future of work, I mean, you've got medium-sized companies now that are basically rethinking. So we're at a point where we survey 690,000 people per year, and we think somewhere between 20 to 30% of people are going to have a different future of work. And yeah, home office is part of it, but it's this residential network. It's a remote topology where you're going to be geared up to kind of work anywhere. And I live in Southern Florida and my house just went up 25% in value because everyone living in snow right now has kind of figured out that they're a part of that future of work. They don't need to be tethered to their cubicle to be successful. And their companies are telling them permanently that they don't need to be tethered to that cubicle because now they've got a year of work under their belt and they've proven they can be more productive in this environment. So they're moving to sunnier locales. Like it's better to live under a palm tree than, you know, go and shovel snow twice a day. And as a Canadian, I I can attest to that. But the fact of the matter is there is a 20 to 30% different future of work that's going to cause all kinds of early in the pandemic. We saw, you know, every laptop in the supply chain be sold. We saw, you know, everyone become a UCAS expert overnight. You know, there's not anybody out there that isn't an expert on Zoom today. And all this was kind of the early phases. But as we get into the later phases, companies are asking harder questions. They're asking about compliance and governance. They're asking about managing this remote topology, you know, the managed services conversation is back into double digits again. They're asking about security, which is actually a number one opportunity in this new remote topology. But it's not antivirus and a little firewall sitting on your consumer network at home. It's much deeper web and application and data and network security questions. It's securing the edge in a zero trust environment where you know, the threats are either internal or external. And when your cat is sleeping on your keyboard, your kid is getting homeschooled behind you, you're not in the same mindset for phishing and malware and all the thing in ransomware that you might have been in the past. So this whole environment has got companies now thinking that it's gone beyond their capabilities. You know, they can't manage, they had trouble managing the network they had. And now this remote topology, there's no way. And then from a security perspective, they had trouble kind of keeping things contained. Well, everything's blown up now. Manage security solutions, providers, MSPs, obviously agents, everyone with the skills on connectivity, everyone with these skills on security, and everyone on the skills with managed and governance are going to be the four biggest opportunities on top of automation and cloud acceleration that are going to permeate that as well. Well said. I, you know, I'd like to make that same joke. I feel like I, you know, I meet maybe a hundred people in a year that I didn't already know. And I say, I feel like I know you because I've met you, I've met your kids, but I have no idea how tall you are. <laughs> right. so, and I don't know if you're wearing pants. Yes. I have no idea. Are you wearing pants or not? Jay, you're, you're, you're so good at this. I'm, I'm very grateful for your time. Dave, Eric, if you don't have any other questions, I got one last one for Jay and it's not about us or about the channel. It's all you, Mike. Go for it. Jay, Jay, where can people 
the channel partners, end users, you know, everyone that's part of this ecosystem, find out more about you and read more about your content because after they listen to this podcast, I'm sure they're going to be looking for it. Yeah. Well, first of all, it, it's not about me. I mean, I, I track and I list hundreds of people that have some really interesting thoughts about the future of our industry and the future of buyers and stuff. So we live in a broad community. I actually, over my shoulder, have logo charts of the 54 magazines that people read and the 24 associations that they're a member of and the 150 events per year now virtual that they're being invited to, the vendor communities, the distributor communities, as TBI has a wonderful wealth of information in your community that, that serves your buyers. So I'm kind of pervasive across all those things. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook. I have everything open all day long. You can get me anywhere. Hey, we really appreciate you being a friend to TBI. I think I have to go pull that report now on the Microsoft Total Economic Impact and have a look at a few pie charts. All right, great. Absolutely. We'll see you next time on TBI Talks Tech. Thanks, Jay. 